Like you don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having an, a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. To one All right. We are so back. It's been what? Three weeks. We're back, now? baby. We're so back. It's been three weeks since our last pod. I was rolling around Iceland in an RV. I don't know what you've been up to since then. I, we actually barely caught up recently. Okay. So, so for people that don't know, we record like two, three times a week for the past like year, basically. And then Rohan wants to be world Mr. World Traveler and goes to freaking <laughs> Norway or whatever. And so the past like eight episodes that we recorded before this episode are basically all like our backlog, backlog that we had that we hadn't posted. And so Those this is the first one podcasts. that like has a long stretch in between the podcast. So we could talk about so many different things. We could talk about your trip to wherever the heck you went, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. World Traveler. We could talk about so many different things. But I think today we should talk about self-esteem. I agree. Because <laughs> it's so one. important. It's literally so important. And I didn't realize how important it was. And so I started reading this book that I'm reading now. It's called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. But it's so important. And like I didn't realize how important it was until I started reading the book. Well, what made and you want to start reading the book, book then? Um, somebody given it to me and said it was important to read. And so I was like, all right, fair enough. I'll That'll like try it out. And I was doing like the whole in the vault thing of like, oh, just pick up a bunch of books and see what like interests you. And I read like the first chapter and there was this one line that like really stuck out to me. And it was basically like, if my aim is to prove that I'm enough, that project basically goes out to infinity because like I already lost the battle. Like the day I, I concluded that the issue of me being enough was debatable. And so that line was like in the first chapter of the book. And I was like, maybe I should keep continue. reading this. I got to keep reading this. So I'm like two thirds of the way through and I have a lot of takeaways from it. And so, so what I have you learned so far? I have my Hans four pillars of self-esteem that I didn't really get from a book, kind of just accumulated over time, but start with you. What just are some of the life? things you've No, no, up? let's hear your four pillars. And then I'll tell you what the book says and see how, how close we are. Ah, so me and my experiments versus the scientist author, whoever wrote that. Yeah. All right. Here, let's He's do this. The, the <laughs> premier psych, psychoanalyst on <laughs> self-esteem. So we'll see how. Great. Jacob's <laughs> about to self-correct my pillars on self-esteem. That's going to be great for my self-esteem, I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay. How about this? We'll do it at a time. So first one for me, keep the promises you make to yourself. Okay. Is that in the I heard this yes. uh, Alex Ramosi quote, and he was like, you don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having an, a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are, right? Because mm -hmm. if you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning and you set the alarm and then you basically click snooze five times and wake up at eight, the rest of the day, you're just going to be feeling like, oh man, like I didn't do what I said I should do. And if you don't even have confidence and authority to convince yourself to do something, how are you supposed to have the mindset to convince someone else to do something, right? So that just destroys self-esteem. And I kind of learned that the hard way at the time by I used to do say all these ambitious tax tasks that I wanted to do just would not follow through. And I didn't really think it affected me, but overall, I definitely realized over time. It's so funny that you're like your number one pillar that you just came up like through living life and like being conscious of the way you're living is like basically the premise of the whole book. Well, the basic that's... premise of the whole book is, is that like we live with ourselves every single day, like every single thing that we do, we're there for. And so when we look at other people around, like when I look at you, I only see like 20%, thir maybe 30% of like the actions that you do. And most of the time I'm too busy worrying about myself to even think about the things that you're doing. And so 
when when we are with ourselves all time every day we see every single action that we take and so we kind of build up this reputation with ourselves of who we are as people based on the actions that we take the things we say we're going to do and don't do and so like your self-esteem is basically like the difference between the standard that we set for ourselves and then how we actually are and act and so Mm -hmm. this difference depending how big it is can lower our self-esteem or raise our self-esteem and so we say like you know i'm the type of person that goes to the gym every day and i'm the type of person that's like always nice to people and i'm the type of person that wakes up early and i'm the type of person that the list could go on and on about all these things i I aspire to be and do and say i'm gonna do but then i don't do any of those things so then i snooze the alarm and i wake up at like 10 o'clock in the afternoon or (laughs) i guess not afternoon but late morning and then i don't go to the gym and then i eat junk food and then I, I I'm lying to myself or I say, I care about this one thing, but I never do it. Or I know that I should be acting this type of way in this situation, but I just don't because for whatever reason. And so I think I'm okay because I'm like, ah, I'm all right. It's whatever. It's just one thing. But like over time, those small little pieces of time where I'm like less than who I want to be over time, I'm with that person all the time. And so I, I kind of build this reputation of my, with myself that I'm not the type of person that sticks through with their promises or does the thing I say I'm going to mm-hmm. do. And so that lowers my self-esteem. Exactly, dude. Even P- we all know that one person that like lies about everything and you could just easily tell because they do it so often, but that kind of thing too. Like if you're lying to try and make your story sound impressive to someone, even if they can't tell that you're lying or like it resolves the situation or they think you're funny, you know, deep down in yourself, you're not telling the truth and that's just going to carry forward with you. And you're just not even going to trust yourself. You know, dude, you know what I realized? You know what I realized just now? What is that we've been off our podcast game so much that we started this podcast off terribly because we didn't even say why self-esteem is important in the first place. Like we're just assuming that someone's listening is like, oh yeah, I love self-esteem. Like I need to work on that. We didn't even like speak on (laughs) what's even important. Like, why does self-esteem even matter? Like people can think like, oh yeah, self-esteem, cool. I think it's to go back a little bit, I think it's very often that people think that number one self-esteem is something that we're either born with or we're not so there's some people that have self-esteem and some people that don't right and i think other people can like fall into the the trap of saying that you know it's it's just easy to get self-esteem i just had to shout in the mirror and say i'm confident i love myself i'm amazing and then both those things that you can believe that a lot of people believe or tend to have a tendency to believe just because of our human nature. Like we, mm-hmm. we want things to be easy. So we're going to look for the easy way route out and shouting in the mirror is easy. It takes like no effort. And so it's easy or saying that you can't change your self-esteem and someone else has high self-esteem and I don't. So like, what can I do about it? Nothing. Both of those things encourage passive passivity in the situation mm-hmm. of self-esteem. But the issue is like, if you actually want to have self-esteem, like the actions that you take every day are like, literally what your self-esteem is based off of and so if you believe these things that keep you from working on your own self-esteem then you're just going to be have low self-esteem right Mm. and it's kind of like a self-fulfilling loop and so some of the traps that like i think we can fall into because of a low self-esteem um is like i said like having to prove that we're enough and so we just keep trying to prove it prove it and prove it and prove it the problem is like you can never prove that because there's always a next hurdle to, to, so if I graduate college, I'll be cool. I'll be, I'll be like, I'll look good to people around me or I'll have this accolade that people say I'm good. Or if I make this much money, but the problem is there's always more money to be made. There's always someone doing better than you. 
So people can chase it by, you know, popularity. They want everyone to say I'm cool. Now, if everyone says I'm cool, now I have self-esteem. But that's not really, doesn't really work because self-esteem comes from like your internal, like we talked about earlier. It's like the internal standard that you set for yourself and how well you are at actually meeting, meeting that and reaching that. And so self-esteem, if you have a lack of self-esteem for a lot of people, people listen to this podcast, like the unfiltered podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs, they're gonna be, they're like more than likely a type A high achieving type person that wants to achieve a lot of things. And the root cause of that a lot of times can be a lack of self-esteem because they're mm-hmm. trying to prove themselves to themselves or to someone else or to the, the public and to say, I am enough because I can do these things. And so people that are type A usually have this like actually lack of self-esteem. And what's the, the you're talking about Alex from Rosie earlier, his thing yeah. is he you says that a- there's like, like two things that high achieving people almost always have is this like irrational self-confidence. Like I can do, if somebody else can do it, I can do it. But they also have this really deep insecurity of like, I have to keep proving myself. And so it gives them this like something to run towards of mm-hmm. I have confidence I can do it, but also gives them something to run against. Like, I don't want to be the person that people said I was going to be or the person that like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be or whatever. Like I have to keep proving myself in order to be enough. And so I'm valued by things I do or the actions I take or the accolades that someone gives me, or if that guy says I did a good job, or this person says, or my parents say mm-hmm. I did, you know, it's like this thing of like, it's just dangerous because it's never enough. It's just a treadmill. That Infinite loop, like you were on, saying. Right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, I'm, go ahead. That's so funny. We're totally off our game that we didn't even mention why it's important at the start. So I'm glad you brought that up. But something else you said is like uh, this common thing of like, you just have to believe in yourself or shout these affirmations in the mirror. I'm pretty, this might be controversial, but I'm pretty against that idea. I don't think that other people telling you you're great or you just saying, I got to believe in myself. I'm awesome. The, everything is going to turn out great. I don't think that's like the best way to build self-esteem. Like you said, it comes internally. Um, you have to have like evidence to support these claims that you're telling yourself that like you're the, you're the greatest or you're the best or something like that. So I think in a way affirmations can be self-delusion. Uh, if you try and like make up for what you don't have evidence for just by saying these things in the mirror. Um, uh-huh. I read I think, a book, it's called the subtle art of, of not giving a F. Yeah. <laughs> and in the book, he says basically like, if you sit down and you look in the mirror and you tell yourself I'm special I'm awesome I'm amazing the moment you feel like you have to go and do that and shout in the mirror and say you know I'm special I'm awesome or even I mean shouting in the mirror like yeah everyone whatever but like even when you just sit there and tell yourself like no I'm special I'm awesome I'm a person that's actually truly believes that you know like they're lovable they're they're awesome they're like a worthy person they have high self-esteem they don't need to do that and so the moment you concede and say, I need to tell myself that I'm special and I'm enough and I'm lovable, all these things, you're like conceding that you're not basically. And so it's like that whole kind of paradox of like, sometimes though, enough? like sometimes you know I mean? if you do know deep down that you have like, say you're about to get into an interview and you've done the preparation work. Sometimes like going into the mirror and be like, you got this, man, you worked for it. Like, don't be nervous. I think that still helps, but it can't be all. You still have to put in the work yourself to build up that internal confidence. And then that could be a little cherry on top. If you're ever like feeling like, man, am I, am I not enough? Like you said, that second piece of the Hermosi thing was like, in spite of doing all the work, they never feel like they're enough. Right. I think for that kind of situation, going into the mirror and like supporting 
the proof that you've already done the work you've already done is, is it definitely helps. Like I would go into yeah, the mirror. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, it's a real short term type thing, right? Like if I want to feel good for an interview and feel confident and feel ready, I can do this like affirmation and like yell in the mirror and say, okay, but over You're the right, long short term, term, that's not really going to make any material effect on my actual self-esteem. I agree. Sense, right. Like for the short term, like if I have this one event that I'm like prep for a long time and I'm ready for, and I've done all these things and I'm still feeling a little bit nervous. Yeah. Me getting myself pumped up and ready. Yeah. Like, that can help. Right. But like over the long term, it's not actually making a material effect on my self-esteem. Right. Totally agree. Um, okay. So the second, what was it? Second pillar of Han, um, do hard things and like choose optional suffering or just do dif difficult things. Is that somewhere in the book? Because mm, not really. No. Okay. So no, my, I like that one. I like that one. The reason I say that is because I think without a doubt, we all have unchosen suffering coming at some point, right? A loved one is going to die. We could get injured. We are going to fall sick. We're going to go through some sort of heartbreak. So these things are going to happen. And I think if you on a regular basis choose to do hard things, you're going to make yourself a little bit more anti-fragile and build up the ability to do hard things and hard, handle hard situations so that when the unchosen suffering does come, you are mentally a little bit more prepared for that. Now that can mean like, obviously some of the cliche examples like do cold plunges, right? It'll make you stronger. It's true. I think it's very true. Doing hard things like that do make you stronger. But then even things that are like, go up to random strangers and talk to them. That's something hard, right? Sing in front of your friends. That's hard. Go and talk to a girl at a bar. These are hard things. Um, go find it like in our podcast with Larry Geese, he was talking about how every chance you get to public speak, just do it because you're going to build up this ability to do this difficult thing so that the 10th time you speak in public, you're, you're going to feel a lot more natural and confident. Yeah. Like you that, have right? a test coming up and you study really hard for it. You know what I mean? It's just like, and I think it's interesting that you said that you said that like hard things are coming and like bad situations are, are possibly probably going to come up. And I think that's really important to prepare for those. But I also think it's interesting that when people have a lack of self-esteem, a lot of times they don't feel deserving of the things they get. And so, for example, if I have a, a lack of self-esteem and I'm in a relationship with someone, whether it's like romantic or friendship or whatever it is, if I have a relationship with someone, I don't feel like I'm lovable, right? Because I have a lack of self-esteem. Now, how does that make me feel about the other person, right? This person either in my brain, if I don't feel lovable, like I truly don't feel like someone can love me, it's either number one, they're lying to me, right? And at some point they're going to be like, gotcha, joke's mm. on you. I was actually kidding the whole time. Or number two, they're going to find something about me that they didn't already know that I know. And that's why I feel unlovable. And so once they find that out, then they're going to be like, bye, I can't be with a person like you. And so they're going to bounce. Mm. And so that's like kind of the, the thought process that can go through our head when we have a lack of self-esteem and we don't feel lovable. And so we can self-sabotage that ourselves. And so like, there's this concept in the book that says almost all, if not all, of actions that we take that are self-destructive are based on a base level of lack of self-esteem. And so there's the guy that gets really far in his career and now he has imposter syndrome, right? He doesn't feel like he belongs or he feels like all the people around him are actually doing the right. And he's just doesn't belong there. And so he's going to kind of do these little things subconsciously in order to ruin it because it gives himself a feeling of control. Same thing in a relationship, right? Like people that feel unloved, they don't want that other person. To, they have this fear of this other person's eventually going to like break it off. And they don't want that fear, like, like that, that hard thing coming. 
coming over them. And so they kind of want that control. And so they'll self-sabotage the relationship and start doing things that will inadvertently ruin the relationship, whether it's, you know, all the different things that people do. But yeah, those are kind of some of the issues that come when you have a lack of self-esteem because, do you, you know, you, you self-sabotage because you don't feel like you deserve it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Do you think imposter syndrome is good for self-esteem or bad? I kind of can see either way because the way I think about this, I, this just came to mind when you said that word imposter syndrome. Like when I was in like I, the consulting organization, every semester I was in it, I had imposter syndrome because I kept on like, quote unquote, going up the ranks, right? So I'd be the youngest uh, senior consultant, then the youngest project manager and the youngest operations director. And each time I felt like I'm in a role where I'm not supposed to be in, but that continuously taught me to do hard things or be in a hard situation that in the future, if I have to do hard things, I feel a lot more confident when, right? Um, like I'd never started a newsletter. So starting that newsletter took a lot of like, I needed to have some sort of confidence or self-esteem to do it. Or when you mentioned like, we should start a podcast, like because I'd done the newsletter or because I'd done those different positions in IBC or because I started the spray paint business, all these things at the time were totally imposter syndrome where I had no experience in them. And it was kind of just like uh, jumping off the cliff and building the plane as I'm falling kind of thing um, helped me kind of build this confidence over time. So do you think that ha having imposter syndrome or being in an environment where it's actually above your grade or in a tough situation is good for you or bad for self-esteem? You know, we talked to Dean Brown on the podcast and he goes, he tells us that like a college degree is kind of medieval in the sense that the amount of information that we have in the world of things we know, somebody came, some smart person came and decided that that amount of information is going to double every 10 years for the next like however long. So everything we know now, imagine from everything we know now, since we were cavemen, all that information that we have, the amount of that information we have is going to double in the next 10 years, right? And so it's not about how much I know. It's about how well I am to be able to adapt to learn things right mm. and so if i have this confidence in myself this self-esteem that i'm the type of person that can learn and can get into a situation that i'm not 100 comfortable and i don't 100 understand but i can interact well in those situations or i can learn and i'm a quick learner and i can grow and at the end i'll be i'll be perfect for that role right mm -hmm. yes you can get a little bit of imposter syndrome at the beginning but like the fact that you took that step and were able to be in that position and do it and then know that, you know what, I got if I can, this newsletter is scary, right? Like, I don't know mm -hmm. how to do any of this stuff. I don't know what the different platforms are. I don't know what I'm going to write about. I don't know any of this stuff, but I have this base level of self-confidence and self-esteem that I can figure it out and make it work. Right. Mm, and so I think that's what's important. I don't think that the posture syndrome thing, like if you deserve to be at a place, then like you should feel like you deserve to be there, right? And you should have the self-esteem of like, I'm the type of person that belongs in this situation. And there are places where you get pushed into places where you maybe times where you get pushed into places where you maybe you don't, don't belong, but yeah. you have the self-esteem that you're going to learn be it able to figure, it, figure out. it out and be the per that like after a short period of time, you'll be ready for it, right? Exactly. Like if, I mean, let's think about this. Like if you had to create a human, what would you put them through in order to make them smart? Uh, you would give them tough problems to solve, right? Or to make them tough. It wouldn't be a chill life. You'll give them hard things to do or to make them patient. You wouldn't give them things immediately, right? So I feel like to get these traits, you have to pay a price. And it's kind of cool to have that mindset of like, 
if you're going through something hard or you're not getting something immediately or you have tough problems to solve, it's like it's only making you stronger or it's making you smarter over time. So it kind of reverses the way you look at those tough situations a little bit. Yeah, there was a there's a quote in the book that basically said to attain to attain success without attaining positive self-esteem is to be condemned to feeling like an imposter anxiously waiting exposure. Mm. So you're attaining achievement after achievement after achievement because you lack self-esteem, right? And because you're trying to fill that void of like, I'll be good enough or I'll have self-esteem once I achieve this. You keep Mm. achieving, achieving, achieving. And then at some point you're feeling like, I never had built that self-esteem in the beginning. And so now I'm condemned to feeling like, oh, I'm an imposter. Someone's going to find me out and they're going to realize that I don't actually belong here. And that's going to be the issue, right? And so I think if you want to be someone that like is healthily achieving your goals and like striving towards the things you want, having a strong self-esteem is actually important, right? I had this fallacy before like reading this book or um, even previously in my life that you know, like people were like, oh, you need to have a good self-esteem or you need to feel good about yourself. And I was like, like a bad motivation is motivation, bro. Like, <laughs> If I want to reach my goals, it doesn't matter how I get there. It doesn't matter what, like I can write down a list. Of, These are all the things that people have said to me. They're like, you're never going to be like this. Like, <laughs> I'm be honest. <laughs> I was at this thing last year and some somebody came up to me and they're like, yeah, I listen to podcasts. Like, it's pretty good, but you're not funny. And I was like, and they're like Rohan's really funny and you're just not like you should you should chill with the jokes man like you just stop trying and I was like oh (laughs) ouch and then ever since then I'm just like every time I make a joke I'm like I was watching the Spider-Man movie the other day I don't know if you've seen it dude I want to see it so bad this track is so good good movie two and a half hour long uh trailer though like bro am I watching Netflix at the very end they just cut it off like at a big part and they're like coming soon and I'm like I'm not gonna wait three years to watch the next one and like, so I'm probably not going to I'm gonna forget about it and not watch the next one. And it's going to be like, so whatever. Anyways. Well, well thanks for spoiling that, the ending. But anyway, I didn't, there's no, there's no ending, bro. There's nothing to spoil. It didn't end. It's just like, cut. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on. So anyways, I was in the theater. There's a, there's a little spot, like a little spot in there. I'm not going to say the exact joke I made, but I made a joke like in the theater and the whole theater laughed. And in my brain, I was like, yeah, you know, that girl that said that I wasn't funny. <laughs> I'm funny. And so it's like, no way. It's like, I had this fallacy that, like, motivation's motivation. It doesn't matter where it comes from. The problem is, once you get to where you're going to be, like, you could probably get there, whether it's good motivation or bad motivation. It's like, do you want to get there through the bad motivation if you could have got there through the good motivation? And secondly, when you get there, if you got there through the bad motivation, you're just going to feel worse right? Dude, it's so tough though. It's so tough when you feel like you're working on something so hard and then someone else who's just sitting from the sidelines comes up to you and says, Hey, you suck or Hey, you're not good at this. It's like, well now what? Right. Because I'm working on this. So I think it's like, there's no, like you said, at the very beginning, if you're chasing some end result of, I am going to be funny. Like there is no end result with something like that. Or if you're chasing, I feel like you'll constantly feel like you're falling short. But if yeah. it's this continuous, or, like, or, I'm funnier yeah, than or, I was last week. Or if you're chasing, like, someone else telling me I'm funny. If I'm chasing someone else's validation in whatever aspect, whether it's a job, whether it's entrance to a college application, whether it's um, someone saying I'm funny, whether it's someone saying, like, good job, attaboy, whether I'm chasing this guy's approval or that guy's approval or whatever it is that I'm chasing externally, I have no effect over that. 
right? I mean, I can do things to try and get that, but like at the end of the day, I don't affect that really. And so if I don't, if I'm focusing on what like the external things are, I'm just like a wave and I'm just a boat in the ocean with no rudder, just going whichever way people push me or whichever. And I have no control over it. But if I can say, you know, like what really matters in my self-esteem is what I think of myself, then I have the control. Right. And so if a girl tells me you're not funny, like, okay, like you don't think that that's okay. Like you don't have to laugh at my jokes. I get it. I I make myself laugh. So like, that's okay. Right. Even the greatest, like Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, they say things that are complete misses. I mean, Chris Rock will say something that's punched in the face on stage, right? Like, what's that, Michael, <laughs> what, what, what's that Michael Jordan quote that he's like been trusted to take the game winning shot? Like, I'm going to botch the numbers like 200 times. He's only made like 30 of them or something like that. Like, even at the very top level, there is no such thing as perfection, right? So it's just a constant improvement. And if you understand that you are working towards something, then it shouldn't matter what anyone else has to say about it. But, All right. So for the interest of time, in the interest of time, you, yeah. Do you want to finish your, your last two and then uh, I'll go over the six? Yeah. Third one is maybe, so I'm one for two as of right now. Um, third one would be like a sub one of number one, but elevating physical appearance and health to feel in your own skin. I mean, at least for me, after I started working out, after I started eating healthier, after like, I just felt like a different person to some extent. Um, now, I don't know if, that might also come from the discipline of showing up each and every day and making the promises I said to myself about eating healthy and working out. So maybe it's a part of number one. I want to hear your thoughts on this though. I feel like when I am dressed in my own like comfort, my self-esteem goes up. If I have good hygiene, my self-esteem goes up. But do you think that's actually a mask for self-esteem? Like if I wear my true classic tees, shout out, um, or if I put on like, deodorant or something like that and i feel better now in my skin or i'm wearing like nice shoes that aren't dirty do you think that's actually a mask i wonder i don't think it's a mask have you ever seen those people that that like they'll wear the craziest outfits like something i would never pull off i'd never wear but like they like they're rocking it they're they're killing it they're like and then if i put the same outfit on like doesn't matter nothing changed maybe i look even very similar to them i just wouldn't feel pull it funny. off the same you wouldn't I feel, feel funny good. I'd feel funny. And so it kind of shows, right? And so it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, I think self-esteem is a feedback loop, right? Like if I have strong self-esteem, I'm gonna do things that someone with strong self-esteem has. And then I'm gonna feel more like have a stronger self-esteem. And so that kind of keeps going mm-hmm. forward. And eventually I get more and more self, like stronger self-esteem, right? Versus the other way, if I do, if I do things that someone with a low self-esteem was, would do like for example if i'm putting up with someone treating me poorly right they're just like yelling at me all the time like you're terrible you suck whatever and I was, i'm like yeah like i'm putting up with that now that's something that someone with low self-esteem would do so now i feel low self-esteem mm. and then so i keep doing things with low self-esteem the person with low self-esteem would do and it's kind of feedback loop in the negative way where now i'm feeling less and less self-esteem and Makes so that one of the big points of the book is basically to do things that someone with high self-esteem would do to order to break that cycle, right? Because you can't really feel yourself out of that cycle. You can act your way out of that cycle, right? The actions that you do can bring yourself out of that cycle and break it out of the negative into the positive, right? Yeah, dude. Like my friend, our friend Ryu, uh, he was on this trip with us to Iceland and he is just a very confident guy, very charismatic, high self-esteem. And the way he'll dance in some of those like clubs in Amsterdam would just be like, so whack from an outside perspective but he's just in his zone and being around that kind of confidence made me realize like 
it's the same thing how they say like you're the average of the five people you're around. It also boils down to like specifics. Uh, if you're hanging around five millionaires, you'll be, you'll become the sixth eventually, right? If you're hanging around five uh, people who are extremely unconfident, you're going to become unconfident. But if you're around people that are confident, that'll also be a way to bring up your own confidence, I think. Um, anyways, for the sake of time, my fourth one is just visualize and prepare. So a few ways to look at this. I think just having strong convictions, being opinionated and having um, like set thoughts about things is huge for confidence. Just knowing what you stand for, I think makes you more comfortable in your own skin and you stop seeking this like outside validation from other people, which just leads to more selfish respect from yourself. Um, and then also like with the preparation part, like if you are about to go approach a girl in the bar or about to do something that's uncomfortable, like visualize in your head, like, what is this going to look like? And, and visualize something like a great interaction happening. Cause if you just go up there blindly, you might screw up. But if you visualize, like, I'm going to say this and she's going to smile and laugh and think my joke's funny. And you just go up there and do that. I think that just makes it a whole lot. Easier. Funny, funny, funny uh, thing to say about that I have is that when people visualize, people visualize all the time. So like people think of visualizing, like I'm looking in the mirror and I'm have this visual visualization is like, if I have a job interview, I'm thinking about what's going to happen in the job interview. What do I say in this situation? What do I say? And that's the same thing. Like if I'm going to go talk to a girl at the bar or whatever, um, like I'm going to think about what's like, what's going to happen. And I'm going to, a lot of times the, if we don't like actively think about it, we get into this negative visualization where we mm -hmm. think of, instead of just thinking of a couple of possibilities and then going to it, we think of like a hundred <laughs> These are all the ways this could go bad. I could get slapped. I could get yelled out of the bar. I could get made fun of. I could get laughed at I, and all these different things. Right. And so if we do finally get the confidence to, to do the thing that we were visualizing, now we have all these, these bad things in our head that we're thinking like, oh, that's kind of scary. Right. And so instead of playing to win in these situations, we just play not to lose. And mm -hmm. so instead of going up to this, this girl and being like, this could be the start of a great relationship for me. This could be like a, a life-changing thing or whatever it is. Right. Now I'm thinking, I just oh, don't want to be she made fun of. I just don't yeah. want to be laughed at. And so I'm going to be this like very monotone type guy. I'm not going to rock the boat because I'm scared. Right. And so <laughs> this, these visualizations, if you're not actively doing them in your head positively, you're going to inherently do them negatively because we're like, we're just going to be afraid of the bad things. that can And, happen, and right? here's the thing too. It's not like, okay, so if you visualize, she's going to smile and laugh at your joke and you go up to her and you say something, she may not smile or laugh at your joke, but I think the visualization, what it's powerful for is making you even take that first step. Cause the first step of confidence is so hard to even go up to her and, and get that rep in of doing something hard. Right. But having a strong visualization makes you think that, okay, this could go well. This yeah, could go so if well. I go into a job interview, right. And I'm scared of like them not thinking I'm special or them not liking my experiences or I'm not fitting the company or something. If I go into that, like scared of all those things, I'm not going to try and like stand out when whatever. But if I go in, like, you know, I'm going to kill this. The things I say, the way I act is very different and it's like more confident. It's like more charismatic. The things I say are better because I'm now like <clears throat> striving for a win in this situation versus just being afraid not to lose. So that's what yeah. I think about that. And so this I'm going to go, I'm going to go over the six yeah. um, pillars of self-esteem. And so we basically talked about like, why is self-esteem so important? Well, self-esteem is like basically the relationship we have with ourselves. And so if you're going to be with yourself for your whole life, you basically have your breathing, your heart beating, and like those things you just do normally. Right. But there's also this feeling of like, how am I as a person? And 
animals in general, like don't really have that. We're special in the fact that we have the ability to like think of ourselves in a special way, right? We can think of ourselves in a positive way. We can think of ourselves in a negative way and we have that ability. And so we have to make an effort to create this relationship with ourselves that we're proud of and that we're happy and we admire ourselves and respect ourselves, right? And so we have to build the self-esteem. Otherwise we can have a bunch of negative consequences that can spawn from the lack of having it, right? Mm -hmm. And so Han has four very tactical things that he does in order to build his own self-esteem, which is funny because a lot of them are parts, like very tactical things you can do as parts of the pillars that this guy has in his book. And so the book's called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon. And his six pillars are, number one, the practice of living consciously. Number two, the practice of self-acceptance. Number three, the practice of self-responsibility. Number four, the practice of assertiveness. Number five, the practice of living purposefully. And number six, the practice of personal integrity. And is there a, is there a secret seventh pillar that tells you grow out your mustache? It'll make you feel more confident because <laughs> you look great. <laughs> Dude, thanks. Um, I think I'm going to shave it off because it does not make me feel confident. But <laughs> it kind of looks like uh, I shouldn't be around school district or something. Don't let but... me judging you affect your confidence. You should come from within, man. <laughs> Dude, yeah, well, the cop judging me across the street from a school zone, might it's it's a pedo stash, bro. I don't, I don't know. Well, anyways. anyways, let me talk about the six just so they're not like just jargon that doesn't make sense. And yeah. then we can talk about some like ways that you can actually go about building this self-esteem when you're within yourself um so the thing about living consciously is that like most people sleepwalk through their existence it's interesting because this is like the whole idea of our podcast right it's that people just are creatures of habit they're creatures of um like a tribe and so they just do things that other people say they should do right Mm. the problem is in today's day and age it is very hard to like know what matters to us right because we're freer than any generation ever in history right like we have our own freedom to choose our own religion our own philosophy our own moral code we can adopt our own lifestyle we can select our own criteria for our lives switch your careers at any point in time and there's no widely accepted code of like rules rituals to spare us that challenge of like making these decisions right and so it's more important than ever to know what matters to us and to learn to think for ourselves because otherwise you're just like, like I said, a boat in the ocean with no rudder and you're just getting tossed along with the waves of like whatever other people do and whatever group you're around, they're going to say, this is what you should do. Like subconsciously, you're just going to like do that. Mm -hmm. And then you get into a place where you you didn't want to be. And so now how does your self-esteem affected because you're doing something that you didn't want to do. Right. I don't even care about discounted cash flows and financial models and now i'm in doing working 80 hours a week in banking just because like it was the quote-unquote successful thing to do that's not very good for your self-esteem right and so basically this first practice of living consciously is to know why you do what you do know what your values are and be conscious about what your interests needs goals and the more you can do that and be very conscious about those things that's the first step to knowing like what actually do are is my standard for myself? What do I care about? What is my values? And then it's easier to live up to those things as you know what they are, right? Mm, love um, it. So that's the first step. The first step is just like living consciously. The second step is practicing self-acceptance, right? Um, I think there's a lot of things that we do that we kind of just like push under the rug and we like don't we're like, oh, that's not a big deal. Like I said I was gonna get up at 6 a.m. today, but I got up at eight, like it's fine, like whatever. But if you don't accept 
like who you are for what you are. Like you don't accept it. Like, this is what I actually care about. And this is what I want. Or like, these are the things I did, the actions. If you don't accept yourself, then like you can never actually change anything. And you're not actually going to be have um, any self-confidence or self-esteem, right? Because you're not accepting of who you are. Dude, one thing I think on that note is like, maybe the goals you set originally that you're trying to live up to, to like make sure you're getting those reps of doing what you're saying you're going to do. I think many times people set ambitious early on. Like as they want to get into lifting, they'll be like, I'm going to lift uh, for two hours every day. Like you have to ease into it a little bit because if you set a goal that big, you're not going to do it many mm-hmm. times, right? Or I used to set these goals of reading books. Like I'm going to read 12 books this year. Like, and then I just wouldn't do it. And then I'd be like, ah, oh, man, like, I didn't do what I said I was going to do rather than, okay, I'm going to read a page a day, right? Like we talked about, or, or these smaller goals that you can actually achieve. So I think just being conscious. I agree. Of the size yeah. of the goal. And, and it's about accepting like the way you act and the, your behaviors, even if you're not like proud of them or you don't want to, con- if you, if you want to condemn them and you, you can accept the way you are without saying, I want to be more like that. You can say, you know mm-hmm. what? I was like that in that moment. These are the reasons I did those things, you know, and I can work on it in the future. But now that I've accepted that that's what happened, now I can move on forward from like this. this week. Literally, this is the first week in the history of the Recess Podcast that we went more than four days without publishing an episode. Um, that's on me. I was abroad. I tried to get it in, understood that travel happens and couldn't. Now here we are moving forward. Right. And so we accepted the fact that, you know what, we kind of dropped the ball, but we're going to just course correct, get back on it and move forward. Exactly. Um, and so with it, that, that really brings us to the next point of like practicing self-responsibility, right? The big idea with this one is that no one is coming to save me. I think people think like, not consciously, but they always think that like someone else is going to get me out of this or like the government's going to like, it's this person's fault that I'm feeling this way, or it's this person's fault that I didn't get the job, or it's this, this, it's the corporate corporation's fault, or it's the government's fault for printing the billion money. Fault. And like, it's the billion, it's everyone else's fault, but mine. But like, I have to take responsibility for my existence, my achievement or non-achievement of my desires, my choices and actions, my level of consciousness, whether it's in my behaviors, my relationships, and even my own self-esteem. Like I have to take responsibility for that. And without that, like, it's never going to work out because I'm just hoping someone else fixes it for me, but no one else can care about you the way you care about you. Right. Like they're too busy worrying about themselves. Yeah. And like, even if they did care about you enough to like try to fix your self-esteem, like it doesn't work like that because it has to come within and that you're still searching their approval, which doesn't work. And like it's this like whole the... thing of being responsible is some people can are scared of that because like, Oh, now I have to do everything. It's not like, that's just natural. That's a part of life. Right. Exactly. It's like the spotlight effect that we've talked about, where basically um, people are not as focused on you as you think they are, because everyone's focused on themselves, right? If you have a stain on your shirt at a party, you start stressing because you think, oh my God, everyone's judging me so hard, but everyone's thinking about their own stain on their shirt that you didn't notice, right? So that kind of thing that just live in your own world. Yeah. So so the next practice, um, we're kind of running through these for the sake of time, but this next one's like the practice of self-assertiveness. And so <laughs> this is actually funny. That in the book, he, he gives a bunch of examples about like how this can come out in de- really good daily life. But say this guy comes and he watches a movie, right? He's just like teenager, watching a movie at the movie theater. It's really moving for him. He even maybe wants to see it again next week, right? For me, maybe Spider-Man. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. Like at one point, it just, it makes me want to tear up or whatever. 
Okay. And so this is so moving to me. And then I go out in the uh, lobby and one of my friends is there. He's walking around. He says, Hey man, like, did you like the movie? But he says it in a way that like, I'm, I'm kind of picking up. Maybe he didn't like the movie. Yeah. She was like, nah, it's kind of a bad movie. I never like it. And so now I'm like, Ooh, well now do I, I, I don't really want to stand out and like say, I love this movie. Cause then this guy's I, like, I don't want to put that myself on that. You know what I mean? And so now I'm like, kind of, yeah, it was okay. The problem is as soon as I said, like, that's okay. And I knew that I loved the movie and I specifically said, ah, it was just okay. I'm like slapping myself in the face and saying like, mm. basically my interaction with this person is more important than my actually feel my, my feelings. And so that kills my self-esteem. And so if you're doing this over and over and over again, and there's something you really actually care about, people ask you and you're like, eh, you just downplay it, right? You're killing your own self-esteem because you're saying to yourself that the way this other person is viewing me is more important than what I actually care about and feel. Dude, this is an interesting one, actually, because I've definitely fallen in this trap a lot, but I've never, I haven't constantly thought about this much. The way I would see it is like, <clears throat> all right, if I'm in this interaction with someone, I know deep down I like this movie and my opinion is not going to change just because they say they don't. But for the sake of this interaction, I'll just pretend like I have a similar opinion to them, but it doesn't actually change how I feel about the movie. Or I'm not letting their opinion affect my own opinion of this thing. Um, that's interesting. You know, I have the same actually. thing. I have a very similar thing. Like, like I don't want to be the type of person that's like like flexing or like saying oh i'm like this is so awesome or like showing that i'm like really passionate about something and when somebody will ask me about like what i'm doing or what are you doing i'm like ah it's nothing too crazy like it's yeah. just whatever like or i'm just doing a podcast it's like it's not yeah. that that special like you can listen to it if you want but like <laughs> and i like say i really care about the podcast because i do it's cool it's fun i love it it's exciting and like some people can, I feel like some people can think like, oh, it's just like pretty stupid. And so yeah. I had that feeling of what, how they are going to perceive it. And so I'm just like, I don't want to like be that person that, oh, you check out my pocket. So I'm slapping myself in the face with my self-esteem and saying like, your feelings don't matter. That's what I'm telling myself when I so say. Then what are you supposed to do there? Are you supposed to be like, no, you got to listen to my podcast. It's so no, awesome. Because no, no, we that. can't do it's that. It's just being authentic with like, if someone asks you like, what are you up to? Just saying being authentic about it. Right. And it's more important for me to be authentic than for the way the other person is going to interact with the way I'm saying yeah. it. Right. And that's like the core belief in that situation is mm -hmm. not pandering to someone else's feelings, but actually being like, like believing that I have the right to express, express myself in inappropriate yeah. ways. Right. Like you're not going to, there's definitely context clues for things, right. You're not going to be like crazy, but you have the right to stand up for your own convictions. You have the right to treat your own values and feelings is important. Like, and also one of the important things for this chapter, like this part of the book was that it actually serves your own interests for others knowing who you are. And so if you're kind of stifling yourself and saying like, ah, like that movie wasn't actually special to me. If I do that, it's actually ruining my relationship with this other person because now they don't actually know who I actually am. Mm. Right. And so what if I had said that? And I said, yo, I love that movie. And he's like, you're stupid, bro. Like that was a terrible movie. Does that, that's not like a great relationship that I want to keep fostering because yeah. we're just, we're different in that aspect. Right. And mm -hmm. so if our values are not aligned, it's better to find that out now than hang out with this guy forever and like ruin my own self-esteem to do it. Yeah. Right. And so it's actually more self-serving to show your values yourself. And, yeah. and so have like self, have self-assertiveness in these situations. Right. You sold me. I like that a lot, actually. I'm going to start <laughs> thinking about that more consciously. I, that's one I really struggle with, honestly. Like the self-assertiveness, like thinking that the way I feel or think about something actually matters. 
Cause I'm just like, Oh, people don't really care about like the, what it is. And if they don't care, like, cool, but I can still say it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it actually matters to me. Mm, um, that's huge. Right. dude. Thanks. Yeah. The next one is the practice of living purposefully. Um, basically it's the one we talked about earlier. It's, this is actually what I want out of life and this is how I'm going to go get it. Right. So it's having self-discipline to do the things that you say you want to do and actually reaching towards your long-term goals and not sacrificing those for the short-term goals. Um, so focusing on the long-term, not the short-term all the time, but also not cutting yourself out of the opportunity of living in the moment for the future. So there's a balance, right? And a lot of people either are way on one side and way on mm-hmm. the other, right? And they're not in the middle. And I think in most situations, it's better to be in extremes. This is not one of those. And this is one I struggle with personally, because I live for tomorrow way more than I live for today. Yeah, you do. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, come on. <laughs> hey, it's not a bad thing. It's something it, you're... It's, it's because it was something that I had created in my life in order to get to where I wanted to be, right? Because yeah. I thought... But the problem is, it's like that thing earlier, right? As soon as you say that today's not good enough, I'm living for tomorrow, then it's never going to be good enough because you keep living for tomorrow, 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 and you're never mm-hmm. living in the day, right? And so mm-hmm. it's, this, it's the same thing. It's like the guy that, you know, he works till he's 60 and then he retires, but now he's 60 and he's retired. And like, he's trying to live for the moment now, but he wasted the last 40 years working for the moment he has now instead yeah. of balancing those two, right? And so you have to find a way to balance those two. Um, okay, moving on from that one. Totally. <laughs> and no, the last one's good. personal integrity, living with personal integrity. This one's like pretty self-explanatory, but it's probably the hardest, right? Because it's practicing what you pre- preach. Wait, sorry, sorry. Could you go back to the last one a little bit? So yeah, I, I uh, you said there's that spectrum of either like fully living for the future and like sacrificing today versus sacrificing the future for today. Uh, what's the relation with that in like the pillar of self-esteem? Um, it's important because you are believing that you're actually putting your best interests forth first. Right? Oh, okay. So I I'll give you one of the, I'll give you one of the, the stories that was in the book. This guy says, I want to be a writer. I have all these like dreams of being a writer, writing a book, doing this, sitting down my typewriter, writing this book out, whatever, and like publishing it and it being a big success and all stuff. Right. And so he, you know, goes does some minimum wage job because he doesn't want to focus on his career. He wants to focus on writing his book, but he doesn't really have like what his book is, what it's going to be, any of this mm-hmm. stuff. And he never really does actually sit down and write. And so he bounces between these minimum wage job, minimum wage job, because he's not putting all his effort on that. But he's like not actually doing the thing that he says he want to do like in the long term, right? And so this situation kind of leaves him 40, 50 years old. And he's like, I haven't ever written anything. Like, what, what am I doing with the rest, like my life? But there's the other spectrum where people live all for the future. And they just say like, you know, I'm going to like not spend any money now. I'm not going to do anything now. I'm just going to work, 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 work. And then eventually I'll have enough money though. I can do whatever I want. Like Bill Gates talks about this. He says like his biggest regret is not enjoying his time more, you know, just being so focused on the future. Yeah. So you got to have a balance of those two. And I'm really struggling with that one. So that's what I'm going to work on. Um, and then finally, like, the, the, okay, the next one's personal integrity. Pretty much most people know what this is, but it's the hardest one to do, right? Because it's actually like practicing what you preach, keeping your promises, honoring your commitments, um, dealing with others fairly, fairly, justly, and compassionately. Um, 
and then striving for moral consistency. Like these are the things that you do if you practice personal integrity. The problem is that one's the hardest one, (laughs) in my opinion. It's so hard because it's like every action you do, right? And so- I think um, the last point you brought up of practicing moral integrity. The thing is morals are such a- Moral consistency, right? Moral consistency, but people don't even know what their morals are. That's the thing. You'll come into a situation and be like, hmm, what's the right thing to do here? And you can look at it from both sides and be like, eh, you could, it could be right, whichever you look at this, right? I think like defining your morals first and having your non-negotiables of, if I ever come in this kind of situation, I'm always choosing this version, right? Or I'm never going to lie or something like that. If you don't set it before, then it's very hard to figure it out on the spot knowing what to do. But if you've already set it in time, like I am not going to do this. Cool. You know, for next that's time. why the first pillar is the living consciously. It's because it's pervasive through all of these, right? It's when you're living purposefully, you're consciously deciding this is the purpose I want. And this is what I'm going to do it for. And that's fulfilling, right? It's being conscious of these are the things that I care about in my value. And these are the way I'm going to live in order to make those a reality, right? It's these are the things I preach. And this is what I'm going to practice because that's what I preach. This is my moral code. And I'm not going to stray from that. Right. And so I, I think there's a lot of people that have a strong moral code and they will not break it and they stand for something. And people respect that because, like I said earlier, in today's day and age, there's not a pervasive societal wide, especially, I mean, we're talking about the US, right? In the US, yeah. there's no pervasive nationwide set of moral codes that this is the right, this is wrong. Obviously, there's extremes to that, right? Like if you kill somebody, people are going to be like, whoa, dude, you shouldn't do that. Right. But, in general, like there's a lot of gray area in there. dude. And so if you don't have your own stick moral code, then. Yeah. And these lines are even changing. Like obviously like the murder one's an extreme, but even like one step below that in the past, like stealing was considered like almost ra- like everyone was like, all right, don't steal. Now there's a big case being made for it in California. If you um, steal less than a thousand dollars, I believe from a store, the store is not allowed to come after you. They're told not to call the cops and people think that they're doing a a, a proper service to the country by stealing because the corporations are actually using cheap labor in other countries. So now people are like, it's actually a good moral thing to steal. So these, these lines are being like completely folded all over the place. You know, there is no right way down and say, this is my line. I don't steal. Then you're just at the mercy of whatever the population says nowadays, or this is what's you can justify yourself to like, oh, it's just a little stealing. I'm stealing from the corporation. It helps me. Like it's very (laughs) self-serving, but like, you know, it's the corporation. I'm actually helping people because I'm ruining this corporation, stealing from these kids and wherever, like, yeah, good thing. And it's easy to justify yourself if you don't have a strict moral code. And so it's like really important nowadays, especially I think to have a strong moral code. Dude, this book sounds awesome. But how do you do it? Like, how do you do all these things? Like, yeah, it's cool to know it. And like saying, I agree with that. I agree. You should live with integrity or I agree. You should have self-acceptance and you should. So what? Like you saying you agree doesn't do anything. Right. I think it's really important to understand like all these things very like theoretically and understand them in totality. Because if we like have a, like I said earlier, if we have a propensity to just be like, Oh yeah, it's yeah. I'll just live more consciously and it'll be easier. I'll just like shout affirmations in the mirror. Like you probably won't do anything. Right. And so what do you actually do to get these things? And so a theme throughout this book that is sentence completions. Have you heard of these? Uh, No, dude, we did them last summer. (laughs) We did them last summer (laughs) in Charisma University. (laughs) Remind me. (laughs) Uh, 
that was a gotcha moment. So my bad got me. Which threw you under the bus, but <laughs> um, basically the idea behind sentence completions is you take the beginning of a sentence. So it's, if I was 5% more oh, conscious yes. today, I would dot, dot, dot. Blank. And then you take that beginning of the sentence and you write it six times, eight times, 10 times, whatever. And you do that every day for a week. And at the, on the weekend, you say, what are the themes in this? Right. And so there's a couple important things about this. Number one is that we as people have more information inside of us than we think we do. Right. So there's things that are just under the surface that we're saying that's, I don't know that because if I actually came to terms with that and grips with that, then I'd be doing my, I'm like, Oh, now I'm breaking that. So that's, I don't want to know about that. So like throw that away. And so we, we have all these barriers to finding those things. Mm. Um, this is actually true. And is actually like hurting our, our self-esteem. Right. And so when you do sentence completions, you don't think, don't take too long, just write them out as fast as you can. Don't think. And so subconsciously these things will start to come out. Right. And some will be gibberish. Some will be whatever, but you'll see these themes of things that like, you know, you should be doing, but you're kind of like pushing them away. Right. The other thing is, and these sentence completions, they have a lot of them have like 5% more be better or because it, it's hard to like, what is this huge thing that you do? It's just like little, little steps over time, little, little steps over time will help you become more and more like the person you want to be in whatever aspect it is, or you can kind of start to understand yourself better and better and act in a way that's better. Right. And so yeah. in the book, they have a, like a list of these sentence completions that you do for whether it's living consciously or self-acceptance or self-responsibility or whatever it is that you need to work on, you can write down a list of these things. You can do it like over a couple of weeks and you'll start to figure out, okay, these are the things I'm doing. And like, if you start your day in the morning with that, you'll start to live a little bit more consciously. Be like, okay, I probably need to work on when some, when my boss yells at me this week, I need to stand up for myself and be self-assertive because I'm doing myself a disservice by just letting him say that to me yeah letting him treat me like crap or whatever right that's powerful so we can we can put the some links to some example sentence completions in the podcast description so because it's hard for people to just come up with those themselves yeah um one thing i want to do because we've talked about a lot and it's been a lot of gold let's start ending podcasts with like each of us give our one quick takeaway or like one piece of advice for someone based on the things we talked about yeah they like something they can actually do it's super easy i just listen to the podcast put it in and then what done. right Okay, that's that. <laughs> like moving on with my life. Yeah, Nothing so we actually can happens. We can each give one. You want me to go first, or, or yeah, go first. Go first. Okay, if I have one little thing, it's set small goals and make sure you stick to them. Don't set the goal of I'm going to wake up at four in the morning like Kobe Bryant tomorrow and everything's going to be great because I'm going to stick to it. It's it's going to be difficult and then it'll just hurt your self esteem even more. Set some small goal that tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up maybe half an hour earlier than I usually do. Or tomorrow, I'm going to read one page of that book and do it. Stick to it and be conscious that you are, no matter what, not going to let yourself pass up on this thing you say you're going to do because you know it's going to hurt your self-esteem. So I think that's one thing. And don't to think try. of something random that you've never wanted to do before. Like, huh, now is a great time to think about working out. No, <laughs> like yesterday when you said you weren't going to eat that junk food and then you ate it anyway. That's what you should focus on, right? Yeah. It's the so, areas where you're actually doing these things that you said you were. So perfect. I think that like, there's these big, huge things that you could focus on, right? You could say like, what is my life trajectory like? And am I actually being purposeful and taking responsibility for that? Right? You could do that. But I think like you start by sticking up for yourself or 
you know, not eating the junk food you said you weren't going to eat <laughs> or like any of these things, right? So just doing one little thing each day to get better is good. And so my thing would be that I say you should do is find out what it is that you need to start doing, right? So where is that thing that's ruining your self-esteem? What is it that you're doing that's ruining your self-esteem? What is the thing that you say yourself, I'm going to do, but I don't do? Or I just throw it under the rug and say, you know what? So I don't do that. <laughs> that's not yeah. bad. Do I need to, I don't, I don't need to accept that. Like that's a, like whatever, but that's ruining my self-esteem. And so what I would say is you can go online, you can look up Nathaniel Brandon, six pillars of self-esteem. There's like a 31 week long sentence completion thing where you do every single day, you write down these things. And over the course of it, you'll get way better, more closer to self-esteem. That might be a big thing to shoot for. But yeah. what I would say is tomorrow morning, you wake up, open your journal. And like you looked up one of these things, you're just gonna say, I'm gonna focus on that. Like maybe one of these hits you when you were listening to the podcast, you said, you know, what? I'm, I am sleepwalking through my life. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. With my, or maybe I'm not taking responsibility for the way I'm acting in these situations or the, the relationships I'm a part of or whatever. Maybe I'm not living purposefully. Maybe I'm whatever one of those hits you, you said, you know, what? I show up 15 minutes late to this thing that I said, I'm going to come to, and that's hurting my self-esteem kind of find which one of those areas kind of hit you or you're like kind of ooh, like I don't really want to listen to that part take your sentence completions and figure out what that is and how you can live in that situation and do it every morning for the next couple of mornings and then by the end of it you'll just more often than not be start inherently living more consciously and more build your self-esteem slowly but surely yeah I mean yeah. If you've, you've lived with yourself for however old you are now in years so for me 23 years and so if you've lived for yourself for 23 years and you built up this, this uh, view of yourself over 23 years, it's not going to be two days before you figure out, I actually am amazing. I'm, <laughs> it doesn't work like that, right? It's a long process. It's almost a lifelong process, right? You, you're never perfect. You never have all the self-esteem in the world. It's just like, if I'm living consciously and I'm actually working on being the person I want to be, being proud of the person I am, living in the way I want to live, like over your life it's it's a journey right it's not a destination of now i have self-esteem Woo! <laughs> now i can go eat cheetos and like hate myself and sit on a couch it doesn't work like that right it's not some goal to achieve it's a journey to to go down love it and if you absolutely don't know where to start set a goal tomorrow morning i'm gonna go on spotify or apple and rate recess podcast of five stars and then you're <laughs> actually gonna do it if you like this episode <laughs> yeah if you did like the episode <laughs> please rate a five star. That would help us. It actually a lot. helps our SEO a lot. And the more we do have a rate. lot of, of great things coming that we're really excited for, but you giving us five star rating, you like texting us or like putting a little thing in the comments of like what you liked about this episode really helps us getting towards those goals that we have for this podcast. And, uh, yeah, yeah I read a whole book for this podcast. I, it wasn't <laughs> for me. I, I didn't read it for myself. I didn't care about self-esteem. I don't have any issues with that. I was doing it just for you guys. Cause I'm such a nice guy. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. If you liked the episode, please give a five, five star rating. And we really appreciate you listening. It's been a long one. Dude, it's good to be back though. Three weeks. I mean, these three weeks, we have been working on something else though that can't announce yet, but recess is getting a little upgrade soon. So yeah. fingers crossed it all comes through, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what? live yeah. with some self-esteem tomorrow. And uh, yeah, shoot us a text. If you, if you liked the episode, if you, what you thought of it, um, we'd love to hear your feedback. Yep. Thanks for listening. That's the pod. Take care.